Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck and I'm joined here with my daughter, Paige Baumert. Hi, Paige. Hello. Paige, Clara is one month old. I know we're like counting down your life here, (laughs) but, um, but she's growing, right? And she is, she's, she's chunking up. That's for sure. She's chunking up. She's eating, sleeping, doing all of the baby things. Anyway, it's just so fun. It's fun for people to recognize too, you know, back, you know, as they listen to these years down the road. I go, oh, that's when Paige had Clara. That was a long time ago. <laughs> Why right? write a journal? Just listen to the podcast. It's fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, actually, I think journals are still important. But oh, I, know. <laughs> I do think it's fun for people to know how much time has gone by because it goes by fast. At least it's gone by fast for me. I've been a grandma for one month and I feel like it's so exciting. <laughs> anyway, so today on the Teaching Self-Government podcast, we are going to be talking about something that maybe you have not thought of before and, and, or maybe you have, but you've thought, how come nobody's articulating this? Cause I know I've thought that how come nobody's articulating this? So what we're talking about is suggestions and we're wondering are suggestions damaging children? Are they hurting our children? What types of suggestions out there are actually hurting our children potentially? And what kind of harm maybe is coming to our children because of that? But before we get to that, to our suggestions topic, we want to talk about a fun family activity and give you something that you could do this week with your family, no matter where you are. So Paige, what's a fun family activity that we could do? So something you can do is a little bit of community service. Uh, This is something that we used to do off and on, but one that is pretty easy is just to pick up trash around your area. Um, I know a little while back, my husband and I were walking around our neighborhood And this mom and her, you know, two or three kids were walking around and she had her kitchen garbage in her stroller and they were picking up trash while they went on a walk. And I'm like, oh, that's so awesome. Look at this mom go. You know, (laughs) they were just enjoying family time and picking up trash at the same time. So, yeah, I love that because so good. Well, you're out there and, and, you know, and everybody's out and they see trash and they're like, it's just so disappointing that people are just so you know, they, they drop their trash or whatever. Not today. I'm looking out my window, like as we speak and there's so much wind that I'm sure there's going to be trash everywhere and nobody just dropped it. The, the garbage cans are blowing <laughs> over and it's, and it's everywhere. So, you know, sometimes it's not the person, but still we think of that. We think, Oh, this is so disgusting. And we might pick up a piece or two, but how great to teach our children, to train our children. Hey, how about we leave the world a little bit better than we found it? You mm-hmm. know, how about we just, just help out by picking some things up. So anyway, I think that's great. I think it's, it's selfless. It teaches service. It teaches children to be part of solutions instead of just griping about problems. Yeah. Which kind of brings me to our topic in a way, because, because, you know, we don't realize as parents how much we suggest to our children. Okay. So we could be griping about something. We could be saying like, Oh, those drivers or, or, Oh, people are such slobs. And, you know, we could be saying stuff through our emotional outbursts that suggests things to our children, like 
all people are slobs or other drivers are all rude and you always have to be on the defensive. You know, I mean, our actions are huge suggestions to our children. They format their brains Mm -hmm. and they prepare them to judge the world, to make decisions, to to decide what to read between the lines, you know, cause we're all reading between the lines all the time. Yeah. And so, so really we've got to be so careful. So we're going to look page at this topic of suggestions through the lens of self-government. So we're going to try to, to focus in on what are some self-government principles that we need to focus on so that we don't end up hurting our children with suggestions, maybe from ourselves, but also from other people that are out there because there are an awful lot of suggestions that are going mm-hmm. on. So Paige, talk to us about self-government. And, and when you think of self-government, you know, what are some of those key pieces of self-government that stick out to you? And and what does that mean, self-government? So the definition of self-government that we have in teaching self-government is uh, self-government is being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing a knowledge of your own behaviors so that you can control them. And so that really suggests, you know, a strength of mind, Um, being aware of what's going on, being aware of what tools you have to combat Um, or, you know, assist in whatever is going on around you. And, um, you know, making the choice to support and defend what is um, important to you and what, you know, supports your values. Um, So this is, this is definitely something that is lacking in today's world. A lot of people are go with the flow type of people. Um, You know, they don't necessarily fact check. Um, They just kind of tend to go with whatever is trending in society per se, Mm -hmm. whatever happens. So just yesterday I was talking with someone, a dear friend, and they said, you know, our, our family member just yells at us all like gets in our face and yells at us all the time. Mm. And, and I was like, Oh, and they're like, what do we do about that? And I thought, you know, that's really sad. It's sad that this particular person in their family feels like that's the way you have to solve problems. And so when they suggested to that person, Hey, how about we get calm, which is a big self-government principle. Like, listen, we're going to go to the right part of the brain. We're going to make sure we're ready before we even discuss, we're going to get calm, you know? And, and, but this person is like, no, because we have to talk about it like this because that's how we feel. And I'm like, okay. Mm. So this is one of the suggestions that's out there, right? That people actually suggest to each other. If I feel something, if I am angry or whatever it is, I have yeah, it to, to let shown. it out. Yeah. Yeah. I have to show it. Otherwise it wasn't a true feeling, but somehow showing the feeling makes it true. No, sometimes showing the feeling. In fact, a lot of times showing the feeling is damaging, but we're not saying that, you know, feelings itself in and of themselves are bad, but like they have to be done in a right way. And usually, you know, you can have those feelings. I know I've definitely felt sad or hurt or angry, but it never does anyone any good to discuss those feelings with those feelings present. Right, right, right. Because we want to talk about them. But like, it doesn't help to just try to attack another person. Attacking the other person doesn't get you more understood. Right. right? And so that's kind of what these suggestions are doing. They, you know, a something that's been going on for quite a while is like you be you or you do you you know it's just okay well a lot of people don't have the skills they need to communicate effectively and get their point across in a way that 
is going to be helpful for all parties involved. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No, that is so true. And, and it really is a, a tricky thing. Like, so there's another thing about suggestions. Okay. So advertising, okay. Mm-hmm. You be the real you, or you do you, or, or live um, your truth. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> the things that people say, your truth, that means there is no truth. Actually, if we all make up our own, yeah, <laughs> uh, there's really no such thing. Right. So, I mean, it just goes against the whole, even some of the words that they're talking about. And so, um, I, I feel like it's a really uh, damaging thing that we're pushing all of that on people. So number one, it's overwhelming. Well, what am I? Well, who, who, who does that mean I am? What does it mean to do me? You know what I mean? And then, I mean, like that's, so then all of a sudden I have to decide to embrace every bad thing about me. And when I say embrace, I mean like affirm it like, oh, well, this is, you know, I hit people when I get mad and that's just me and that's that's just me doing me. And I don't have to fix any other thing about myself. This is a social suggestion that is putting people in bondage. I mean, it is hurting people. And there are so many of these social suggestions that people come at with this, oh, I want, I want you to be able to express your feelings. I want you to be able to be understood or I want you to feel safe. This is another thing. The safety thing has gone too far. So where yeah, people- but some people, when they emote like that, they're making things unsafe for other people. Right. But they, so they but might they... feel safe, but other people don't. Exactly. So, so that's how we know it's not a principle because it all the way across the board, it doesn't help everybody feel safe. Right. Mm -hmm. If that's the goal. Right. So, um, so there's this, this thing right now where everybody's, if somebody's offended, okay, let's say that somebody says something to me like Nicolene, I don't like how you try to teach people skills. Because people need to just vent their emotions out on each other and whatever. Like, let's say, let's say somebody says that to me. I mean, you know, I'm sure people have thought it. And so (laughs) then I, and then I will. And then if I, I decide, well, I'm going to take offense by that. Then, then what immediately what I do is I say, that person hurt me. That person attacked me. I do not feel safe with that person because that's comes from the offense. So that's more emotional things. So then I'm feeding this emotion of not being safe, but then I'm projecting it on another person that somehow there is someone who is damaging me because I have something that I don't want to acknowledge or deal with or sort out. I don't want to examine that person's criticism and decide if it was valid or not. Um, If I was following principle, if they were following principle, I mean, you have to do some thinking to really Mm -hmm. figure that out. And, and so, and if I didn't, if I just went purely off of emotion, then what happens is I, I could decide that that person in general is an attacker and someone that I can't feel safe around. And so these ideas, um, there, there was a person one time who happened to be in a group setting. Somebody brought up a topic. It was a very touchy topic, actually. And so somebody brought up a touchy topic. I made a comment on it. And my comment was uh, grounded in total principles. But I, you know, not everybody in the room was ready to hear that because they maybe hadn't studied what I'd studied or whatever. Okay. And so there was a person who got offended and this person said, um, 
you know, started reaching out to other people in the group saying, I don't feel safe in that group. I don't feel, you know, because, you know, so-and-so said this, you know, and it was me that I had said something. And really it was, it was a simple truth. Like, like basically, Hey, everybody's valuable because of whatever, you know, I mean, it was just something like that. Mm -hmm. And, and they, and they just immediately went crazy with, I don't feel safe there. And what about you? Did you feel safe? And did you, and then everybody's like, wait, should I feel safe? If they don't feel safe, it, did I misread something? Did I not fully listen? Then they're overanalyzing oh, the yeah, whole situation. I, I shouldn't feel safe be, because that person doesn't feel safe. So I've got to protect that person. So now we're all going to not feel safe. And so now do, do you see what I'm saying? And it was mm-hmm. this huge domino effect. And I thought, and that got all these other people who weren't even there saying, well, that's not safe. That's not safe. And they were actually completely misconstruing what I even said. And so just an interesting thing. And I think, look at that power suggestion. One person gossips to you about somebody else. I think gossip is all suggestions. Okay. Gossip is. So, so one person says, oh yeah, that person, da, 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 da. They give a little suggestion about that person. You can't ever see that person the same again. And now all of a sudden you're immediately assuming the worst of that person. Um, yeah, that's, that's the case for most people, unless you have a very, um, I guess you could say strong sense of identity and sense of, okay, I'm going to be open-minded, but I'm also going to take what I know and challenge what this person said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true because a lot of people don't actually challenge that gossip. You know, they don't say, okay, is that actually true? A lot of people say, oh no, they didn't. Or no, really? You know, they they choose not to challenge it because um, challenging something can be confrontational, which people also don't like. Mm -hmm. No, it's so true. And the thing, the reason why people don't challenge it is because they want the unity that comes from that exclusive feeling of connection of the person that's sharing it. So when one person shares something, then what happens is everybody else feels like, oh, I'm in a private conversation with this person. So that feels very exclusive. It feels very special. And so then they're like, oh, this is, you know, they have to invest in it now because they want to have that special one-on-one feeling with that other person. But this is why those types of bases for friendships never last. And the friendships often end up fracturing, or you have to come up with new gossip and more gripes about other people Mm -hmm. to keep fueling that in your specialty exclusive conversations, because, because that kind of stuff just doesn't endure. Right. Yeah. No, I actually had a friend that was all that she could ever talk about was gossip this. Oh, well, me is that, you know, I'm like, really? And so, you know, for a while we were good friends and then she left for a while and came back to visit and it was hard to communicate with her because it was just, Oh, this happened to me. Oh, did you hear about so-and-so? And I'm like, this is exhausting. Like, why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. And you realized, wait a minute. Uh, did I used to get into some of this? And Mm -hmm. clearly this is toxic stuff, right? Okay. So suggestions, this is huge. This is huge. Now the majority of suggestions right now are actually gaining traction because there's these things called untruths. So Paige, you and I have both read a book called the coddling of the American mind. Mm -hmm. And if, and whether you're from America or not, this is a great book because it's impacting the entire world. Um, and it, it's definitely cased in the, the lens of the academic community, the college community, but it's happening everywhere. And it's just the basis of why suggestions are sticking and mm-hmm. why they're doing so much damage. So 
Um, there are three untruths that the authors of the book talked about. And the first one is that um, what doesn't kill me makes me weaker. Okay. So that's an important one. So if you think of that, okay, well, if something happens to me, then I, I have to become weaker. Now we know that that goes against truths that have been around forever, which, which does, which is, which doesn't kill me. What doesn't kill me makes me stronger. Meaning I, I make it through hard things. I become a stronger person. Right. And, th- and this is like the human experience. We know this story upon story, upon story, person's experience upon person's experience. This Radio is the base- song, pop song. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But this is, but this is also the basis for like every inspiring movie out there. It's somebody who overcame, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So so that's the whole point. But yet what is happening is, oh, that happened to you. Oh, they are so bad to you. Oh, that must be awful for you. Oh, I'm going to affirm that bad feeling again and again. So you can't ever get rid of it. Yeah. So you have to have that feeling with you. So you can't overcome it. Ever. Exactly. So what doesn't kill me makes me weaker. The second untruth is follow your feelings follow your feelings and which seems like well i mean sometimes we do like i feel hungry i should probably eat you know i feel tired i should probably sleep i mean but those aren't what they're talking about they're talking about emotions yeah right they're saying if you feel angry follow it follow it be angry or if you feel like someone didn't care about you or they were racist to you or they were whatever it was follow it follow it up do not let it go hold on to it right and it's like well, if you can't ever drop the subject, I mean, there is one thing in teaching self-government we teach in accepting no answers, accepting consequences, disagreeing appropriately. When things don't go your way, the last step is always drop the subject, mm-hmm. drop the subject, let Forget it go. Forget it and move on. Let it go. Why in the world would you hold on to something like that and just make your feelings have to ramp up again and again? It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. It's totally exhausting. So anyway, that's another one. Follow your feelings. And then the third one is there's good people and bad people. And so if, which is very damaging for society, it's, it's huge because if you're following your feelings, that means you have to find a culprit at the end of it. If you had a feeling like someone was biased against you because of your religion or your ethnicity, yeah, exactly. Then you have to find a bad person. And if you don't know exactly who that bad person is, you, you might just declare people bad who, who had nothing to do with it. And so there's, there's this, uh, it's like a witch hunt. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I am hurting because I have feelings and I'm never going to let them go. And so someone has to pay. Someone has to pay for my feelings. It's not going to be me. So that's the attitude. Exactly. And so this is huge. This is enormous. And this is behind so many of the suggestions, the suggestions about feelings, the suggestions about safety, the suggestions about family, the suggestions about relationships. This is behind this and it is hurting our family members. It's hurting us. So Paige, I know I'm talking a lot, but I got to tell a quick story because I feel like this is another thing that we need to, we need to be mindful of. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we have it's like new things like almost weekly or daily where somebody's saying some new category that somebody uh, comes into. I mean, we were, you know, we were just mentioning how there's this category of people who call themselves furries. Right. So there's, but yeah. there's I mean, they've new- been around for a while, but yeah. Okay. Well, okay. It's not new. See, you're so, <laughs> you're so much more up with the times than me. Okay. So anyway, 
but there's this category, okay, of people, but there's other categories and there's all these different people who keep categorizing themselves mm-hmm. and categorizing other people, whether it's religious based, whether it's, um, you know, sexual based, whether it's, uh, emotions-based, whatever it is, the people are putting themselves into these camps and it's tribalism. Okay. Yeah. They're separating themselves from the rest of humanity. Well, that's very, that's the thing. And, and even, and with this furries thing, they're actually saying they're not human, right? They identify as something else. Right. But, but they're like saying, I I don't even want to be a human. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so when you say they're distancing themselves from humanity, totally. When we're, when we're going to that level, I mean, I remember a little girl I used to babysit. She thought she and her sister actually thought they were cheetahs. Okay. And they, (laughs) they would behave like cheetahs. They would run around the house like cheetahs because they thought cheetahs were cool and fast and that they could be fast and they would be on all fours and they would purr, you know, and, and stuff. And they would make these noises like cheetahs and, and, and this was fine because they were like five or yeah, six. Yeah, like that's just normal childhood play. They, they were just like imagining that they were cheetahs, you know? But nobody ever said, you are a cheetah. <laughs> you will now mm-hmm. forever be Chelsea cheetah. You know, instead, <laughs> you are not. You are, you are not a cheetah, but it's fun to be a cheetah. It's fun to pretend to be a cheetah, right? Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, with with dressing up costumes, Halloween, you aren't to that, but it's fun to dress up as that, right? Which is different. Anyway, so, but like if a costume gives you a suggestion that you can't even be a real person, then that suggestion is dangerous to you, isn't it? Because it distances you from humanity. You can't connect with other people or bond with other people, which hurts your relationships. Well, it takes you away from the truth because the truth is you are a human yeah. So I had a friend growing up. Well, I had more than one. I had lots, but I had, but there was one friend in my high school years. Her name was Sally and she and I were inseparable. I mean, we were mm-hmm. just best buddies and, and she and I did everything together. I mean, we, we cooked together. We went on double dates together. We played sports together we went on photo shoots together. We wrestled together. We laughed together. We had tickle fights together. And you were I very mean, sporty together. Oh, we were. And we would have sleepovers and yeah, if we had to sleep, sleep in the same bed, whatever. Cause we were like, you're my best friend. Doesn't matter. You know, <laughs> I mean, it was, you know what I mean? Okay. But, but I think about this. Okay. I think about this girl and I think she and I, um, still absolutely love each other. You know, I mean, she's got her family. I've got my family. We're doing our things, but we still try to see each other, you know, here and there. And every time it's like just old times, it's like back in old times, like, Hey, cause we were such good friends, you know? And, um, and I think if she would have been my friend now, I would have had to have other decisions that, that, I didn't have to make then. Okay. Because people would have probably suggested to us, to one of us or to somebody, or it would have been said behind our backs or something would have been suggested that we were maybe romantic with each other, which was absolutely not true. Um, and that we, you know, loved each other in a way that wasn't just friendship, Someone might have suggested turning that into something else. And so then I would have had to decide, 
what do I do? Or not even turning it into something else, but suggesting that it already was something else. Exactly. Exactly. So then I would have to say, is it that, am I that, is is that what I want? If not, do I need to stay away from her? What do people think about us? I, I would have then had to either distance myself from my friend or accept rumors or combat these suggestions all the time. I couldn't Mm -hmm. just be a friend with someone. Yeah. And I think, look at that. Look at what the young people are facing. They go on one date with one person and people suggest they are romantically attached. Mm-hmm. They're like, Which is, I think that's a, lot, a reason why a lot of people are now just hanging out and not dating. They're like, oh, I don't want to go on a date. Or like, oh, well, if he asked me the dance and if I say yes, then uh, the people will think we're an item. And it's like, no, people just go to a dance. Like it's a socially, <laughs> it's a social learning thing. You don't even have to like the person at all. You can feel like the person's totally annoying, but you can go and have a social experience and learn how to deal with annoying people that night. I mean, <laughs> you don't have, and so and it's like prom is more about sex. It's not about you know, having a social experience and learning how to be social with other people and what you like in other people. Everything is suggested toward these definite ends. Mm-hmm. And it's just so sad. It's so sad because then you, I feel like I'm looking at a generation of people that cannot have what I had with my friend, Sally. Yeah. No, it's interesting. Cause my best friend right now, um, you know, outside of my husband, um, her and I, we do so many things together, you know, as much as we can now that I have a baby, but you know, we, we talk about things and we, um, she's my adventure buddy, you know, she'll go on car rides with me and our relationship is such that, you know, people nowadays could totally say, you know, if you weren't married or, you know, are, is this friend, you know, more than a friend? I'm like, no, like we even say, I love you you know, just because we, we do love each other as friends mm-hmm, and exactly. we, you know, we're there for each other and, you know, we end phone calls with, I love you, but it's, you know, 100% platonic and it's just like, okay, people, why are we even thinking about this? Like, can't someone just have a really good friend without someone suggesting that it could be something more than that? And can't you love somebody, right? right. So like, so like I can, I can love I can, I can love it, all kinds of people. I can be like, oh, I just love you, you know? Mm-hmm. And I've said that to tons of different people. I mean, I do be careful not to say it to men because that <laughs> does seem like it goes over. But, I, but I've said that to women. Like my, I have a dear friend named Yvonne and I'm like, I just love you. And, and I do, I absolutely 100% love her. Well, because she enriches your life. Exactly. But like, that doesn't mean that, there's anything romantic there, no. you know, at all. No, <laughs> when so, something like, at when all. something or someone <laughs> enriches your life and makes your life better, you love it. Yeah. Well, so um, it's like me saying, I love hippos. Hippos are my favorite animal. I love them. I don't have a romantic relationship with a hippo. You don't think of yourself as a hippo. No. Yeah. No. no. So see, this is the thing. I, I think we're jumping to conclusions and these suggestions are hurting our children. And so, and I think we've made enough of a case for it. That's okay? true. <laughs> I think we have, but let's talk about maybe how the children are getting hurt. So, um, and, and I think we're touching on that already a little bit, but like, but I would have to distance myself from my friend or I have, I would have to say, I can't talk to guys because if I go talk to a boy, any boy, someone's going to think I like that boy. When in reality, I'm trying to practice my social skills Mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm trying to learn how to talk to boys so that later 
I can find that right boy, you know? Yeah. And so, um, so there's, it hurts our social interaction. It hurts our relationships. And, and we have a situation right now with the young people where people are more isolated than ever before. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, these young people are in their rooms, on their devices, isolated, nobody to talk to, no friends after school. So many parents say to me, my child won't even play with friends. They won't even do anything with friends. And I'm like, well, you know what? There could be a reason for that. Maybe maybe there's been too many suggestions made about them or about the friend or, or, or they have not had an opportunity to have that social development because nobody is willing to bond to each other as humans. This makes everybody alone. This yeah. goes against the way society has always been put together. And this makes me think, you know, how are they going to do at finding that, that real person that they're meant to be with, to share their life with for well, the even when they do supposedly like is that relationship going to last do they actually know how to cultivate a relationship right because they won't have had practice because mm-hmm. it's going to be like the first one or whatever it is and you know no, it's it, it hurts it really hurts so we have to prepare our children we have to so what kinds of things do we need to work on to prepare our children page i think you've been hitting on some of these things yeah. So I know for me growing up, cause you, you did very, very well at preparing me and my, and my siblings for social life. Um, but one of the biggest things is just teaching true principles, you know, making sure that you affirm like, Hey, this is, this is who you are. Um, you know, you are a human, you know, to begin with, mm-hmm. and you are my daughter or you are my son. And, you know, we are part of a family. And so making sure that they are rooted in those truths, but also that they understand their roles. Roles is a really big thing. That's something that we teach a lot about as well. Making sure that they know where they stand in the family, how they contribute to society, um, and helping them see, you know, where they really are and letting them know what their worth really is. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about self-evident truths here. Okay. So I got married. I am a wife. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) I was born, you know, with this particular chromosomes. I am girl. Okay. (laughs) These self-evident things. Um, I had you, you are daughter. I am now mother, right? Like you Mm -hmm. can't no escaping, you know, you and no matter what you want to call it. Yeah. You and Clara, you've got the same, same thing going on here. Now you're mama and she's daughter. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's a beautiful self-evident part of your relationship. So these are your roles with each other. So then you have to understand what does it mean to have this role? Who am I? And I want you to know, you said that I did a really good job socially training you. And I appreciate that, that comment actually. Um, I, so we homeschooled Mm -hmm. and, and if, which I think was very, very uh, helpful in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I decided as a homeschooler, I'm like, listen, uh, if there's one thing I know, it's that social development is vital. And so I'm going to make sure well, that you are, you I do social training as a teenager and when you're in school and stuff. And I, I know you told us multiple times, you're like, yeah, you know, I'd be sitting in school, I'd get done with all my stuff. And I'm like, okay, why am I even here? You know, or you'd look at people and be like, why are you doing that? You know, mm-hmm. you well, were, yeah. you were very, um, very aware and yeah. uh-huh, very analytical as a young person. I mean, you still are, yeah. it's just something that you're gifted with, but it because is. of it's that, funny. you helped us develop that in us as well. 
um, and you deliberately made sure that we did activities that helped us um, develop our social skills and analyze what was going on, but not overanalyze and overthink things. The analytical was purely through observation. Well, it was educational. Yeah, the whole point it, it was, wasn't, it was okay, like, knowledge. what, what are we going to gonna try and glean or... from this, you know? Yeah, no, it was, it was educational. We talked about everything, but I decided I'm like, listen, I am not pleased with the social development that's happening out there at large and what happens in the schools. And I, I am going to surpass any social development that happens out there Mm -hmm. with my children. So I purposely did social training with you guys. And, and that was a big emphasis in my mind. I felt like as a homeschooler, there should be no reason that we can't have the best social out there because I am a mature person teaching social instead of same age teaching same age, which is not good. Right. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so I appreciate that because this is a big thing. And I think that parents and grandparents have this great opportunity because we've been around a little longer to set a few things straight. And I think for some reason we're being shamed socially. It's like these suggestions that if you do say it, you're somehow not caring that if you, if you do like call something out where you say, actually that's, you know, we, we shouldn't just follow that feeling. Um, And that feeling might be a feeling you get, but it might not be a truth. And so let's look at the difference between what is a truth versus what is what is something we feel. Sometimes we feel something and it goes back to a truth, but sometimes we feel something and it goes back to a lie. So, you know, a parent can say something like that and, or should say something like that to their children so that the children get the benefit of the learning. And I think a lot of parents and grandparents are being silenced and just hoping for friendship. And they're doing it through affirming everything that happens and never correcting anything. And we're ending up with a lot of lost people, lonely people, wild people. It's really, um, it's really hard, you know. So there are some things that we teach in teaching self-government that can be very beneficial. One of them, Paige, you've hit on, which is roles and talking about self-evident truths, bringing up those things, teaching someone to analyze and to observe, which is a skill you do have to teach. It doesn't come naturally for everyone. Yeah. I will say it does come naturally for me, but I also was raised by a man who was a debate teacher. He was very He's analytical. Like, look at everything from all the angles. <laughs> Very analytical. Exactly. And so I was trained to analyze too. Yeah. And because that's what you that, taught us. that was the guy that raised, and that was my parents. Okay. Especially dad, especially dad. Mom was probably a little bit more on the emotional soft side. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we learned to care from mom. We learned to analyze from dad. And I, I like to think I got a mix of them both. I hope so. <laughs> anyway, um, I say so. but yeah, I like, I like to think that anyway. So another thing that we teach is vision. So, um, the families create a family vision, but we should teach our children to also create personal visions. Like who are you and where you're going? Let's talk about mm-hmm. this really young. What type of an adult do you want to be one day? Right. And you don't have to narrow it all down every job and everything. Yeah, because well, that's the not qualities, the most important part anyway, but yeah, it's, the qualities it's really who you want to be as a person. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, like what qualities do you want to possess? Do you want to be, you know, that kind, caring, compassionate person? Do you want to be driven? Um, do you want to, you know, this, that, and the other? And I'm like, and that, that was really, really important. It was something that was influential in things that we discussed growing up. Well, and we talked about lots of things too. So we talked about personality types and stuff, but we also Mm -hmm. talked about, Hey, you may, you may be the more easygoing free spirited, but if you want to be more driven, then set these kinds of goals for yourself. Right. And so 
Um, and, and when we say want, there's also like an ought in there. I think everybody knows the version of themselves that they ought to be mm-hmm. really. And that's even more than want. When you, you, know, gl- you get glimpses of it in people around you, um, in the different mentors you have in your life. Um, I know for me, I caught a glimpse of who I needed to be when I was out, um, you know, serving for our church and there was this, this older woman who came in, you know, spoke to a group of people there. And I just thought, wow, there are so many things about this woman that I need to include in my own life. And so yeah. those role models are really, really huge. Yeah. And, and hopefully we find the right ones and we can introduce the, the right ones to our children. Hopefully grandma and grandpa are the right ones. Although I know that's not always the case <laughs> in some families, but, um, but we can, we can look for those people. And if you're a praying person, pray for those people to come yeah. into your life, you know? So anyway, creating a vision for yourself and for your family, this is huge. Creating a mission statement or, or some sort of way you can articulate missions. And this is how you do. And then analyzing yourself. If you're constantly analyzing yourself and you're trying to fine tune yourself with skills, which Paige already mentioned, that we teach a lot of different skills in the teaching self-government parenting program. This way of life is huge because it lets you know you're not done. You're not done becoming the version of who you are, right? So you're growing, you're learning, you're fine-tuning again and again. And if you can accept correction, you can accept praise, you can make plans for yourself with the meetings that we have. So in essence, the whole program, okay, the meetings that we have on a regular basis, the skills, the tone of, mm-hmm. of loving and connecting and trusting, creating a plan for where we're headed as a group and as an individual, focusing on who we really are to ourselves and to each other. All these things are so important in, in helping a person so that they are strong enough that they're not just going to listen to anybody's suggestions. But I think the other really important thing is, is you have to expose the suggestions for what they are. You have to expose it. So this is called being strong-minded. So Paige said, you know, isn't the goal to be strong-minded, but open-minded? I'm like, yes, it is. So Mm -hmm. we don't judge and hate other people, but we must be clear in the truths that we follow. So we've got to be strong-minded. This is where a person's nice, strong will comes in, especially Mm -hmm. if they've found a truth that they can hold on to right? Instead of an untruth, which is socially acceptable, which is hurting. There's so many strong-willed people holding on to untruths that are hurting them. So if we've got a strong-willed person holding on to truths, then they can become very strong-minded so they can question the suggestions that are coming their way from the media, from peers, from even parents, uh, you know, because maybe there are certain parents or people in the family that are giving the wrong suggestions, siblings or something, and they can go, "Ah, wait a second, wait a second. That's uh, not jiving with me. And they can start to, to question it, but they can also be open-minded enough to love and understand that other person where they're at. Yeah. And I think that's so, the thing. Like you really have to challenge some things that other people bring up, which, you know, like we said, is hard. Um, but that's, that's something that's really, really important. So definitely being strong-minded, but open-minded. So staying true to what you know is true and, but still loving and accepting others for where they're at. I love that because I think people think you can't be open-minded if you are strong-minded, but actually you can have both. Mm-hmm. And I and love beautiful. that. I love, 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 love that. 
Well, thank you all for joining us on the Teaching Self-Government podcast, talking about suggestions and wondering, are they damaging our children? So the answer is yes, they're damaging to children. Are they damaging your children? And what can you do about it? Hopefully we've given you some good suggestions here that will lead you in a good direction. If you want to find out anything more about the Teaching Self-Government course, about the three-day trainings we do, about all the programs, you are going to want to go to teachingselfgovernment.com and find a lot more information there. We'll talk to you again next time. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.